Welcome to episode 20 of Through the Noise with me, Alex Banks. Now, today I'm delighted to welcome Evgenia Plotnikova. Now, Evgenia is a general partner at Dawn Capital, where she leads on investing in exceptional SaaS companies from early stage to pre-IPO. She's particularly passionate about data, automation, and cloud infrastructure. Some of her investments include DataEQ, Firebolt, Shoreline, and Soldo. Dawn is Europe's leading specialist B2B software investor, having partnered with the likes of Mimecast, Izettle, Tink, and Collabra, amongst others. Prior to Dawn, Evgenia was a VC at Atomico, spearheading its entry into France, and an investor at TPG Capital, having started her career at JP Morgan. Evgenia, I've heard wonderful things. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. It's uh, delightful to be part of it. Dive right in. Now, I know you're from a small city called Targonrog. I hope I've got that pronunciation somewhat along the right lines, but it's in the southwest of Russia. Neither of your parents having a university degree, yet here you are now as general partner at Dawn Capital. Talk me through this wonderful journey. Um, that was close. That was very close. So, so thank you. Um, and, and, and you've done your homework. I, I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, yes, very true. Um, a very small city uh, in, in what now is an unfortunately uh, challenging, um, uh, challenging area and in a very challenging time. Um, but more uh, from, from a personal journey perspective, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I was born in a tiny city and neither of my parents went to university. And so I, I have to say that venture capital was was not something that was necessarily top of mind. In fact, I'm, I, I'm fairly certain I didn't know what it was at the time. And so I think um, what, uh, what has really been um, the, the journey for me is moving to France and to the US as, as a teenager, uh, discovering a lot of new things, learning new languages, um, and understanding where in that new world where I, I now found myself uh, at, at a very young age, where do I want to, to navigate and, and what kind of career do I want to have? Um, like, like a lot of investors, I, I started my, my career in finance, um, uh, in, uh, in, in, in banking, covering oil and gas companies, nothing that has to do with, with my, with my job today, uh, candidly. But it was, it was a little bit of a boot camp. And, and frankly, if I had to go back, I, I would do it all over again. Um, it was a, it was a fantastic, um, learning opportunity for me to understand how, how the world of, of big finance worked. And then from then on, um, Alex, I, uh, a, a few years in, I, I kind of knew I, I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to be on the principal side. I wanted to uh, not kind of run projects, but really deeply understand um, how the companies work, be there hand in hand in them for the long term. Uh, and so I, I moved into uh, investing about 10 years ago. I started my career initially uh, in the private equity world, uh, buying very large businesses, helping those businesses operate, seeing them in and, in and out of, of building them. Uh, it was a fascinating journey, but yeah, as I was doing that, I actually realized a lot of those businesses um, desperately needed technology. Uh, they needed technology to innovate or they were being disrupted by technology. Um, and I, I figured, you know what, it's it, it better to be part of that disruption uh, than, than be disrupted. And so the more I learned about uh, tech startups um, and the more I discovered how, 
how much of a sea wave change that world was experiencing here in Europe, the more excited I got. Uh, And so I I definitely got that back uh, a few years back. It's now been um, multiple years me investing on the early stage life. And I've never looked back. I, I think I'm extremely privileged uh, to be uh, to be doing venture uh, to be doing venture in Europe, uh, and particularly exciting to be to be focusing on, on software, which I think has has a tremendous opportunity behind it. You mentioned that you moved to France and US as a teenager, Evgenia, and I know you're trilingual. How has the variety of culture helped you become a better investor today? Yeah, no, but good, good catch. Uh, I, I I think when you say someone's name is Evgenia Plotnikova, you, you don't expect them to, to, to speak French or, or have a French passport. Um, <laughs> it's my secret weapon. Um, it's been incredibly helpful. I think one of the uniqueness um, of, of the European market is that unlike the US, which is, you know, large and in to many degrees uh, homogenous from sort of a buying perspective, if you think about the world of software, um, there's obviously, you know, differences between different coasts or different states, but, you know, largely it's it's uh, it's, it's much easier to, to procure a piece of software. And in, here in Europe, um, we've got many large geographies, many large markets you, you can sell into, but there are dif- differences and intricacies between Germany, France, UK, the Nordics. So uh, I think understanding um, that patchwork of complexity uh, both from cultural references point, uh, from buying patterns, but also, frankly, having an empathy for an entrepreneur that might be, you know, building in Klagenfurt, Austria, or in Barcelona, Spain, um, you know, Paris or Lyon in, in, in France um, is um, is sometimes a big differentiator. And so at dawn, uh, we actually speak 22 languages between all of the team. And I think it gives us uh, a, a sense of, relatability and empathy for our entrepreneurs. Um, we can understand where they came from, what school they went to, uh, what are the challenges of scaling that they're facing, and then hopefully we're much better partners to them as they start tapping into different geographies um, and kind of scale businesses, uh, not just across Europe, but, but frankly, globally. We, we very much hope that every business that we've backed does become a, a global titan. Yeah, I think in terms of that relatability that you have, 22 languages across the spectrum of the team, I think is wonderful because VCs often say, oh, look, we can be helpful, but you can be incredibly helpful relating on a whole range of, you know, cultural differences and uh, cultural appreciation. I think that's truly, truly terrific. And I do know um, from this, you were one of the youngest women in Europe to be internally promoted to general partner. I'm really interested to dig in a little bit more to where that drive stems from and ultimately what now gets you excited about venture capital today. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I think in terms of uh, the, the drive and, and uh, the, the general uh, general motivation, um, it, it's kind of been a little bit of a thread through, through my life from a personal perspective. A certain degree perhaps off relentlessness or um, desire to push the boundaries. Um, as, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I, I came from a very, very different world, um, right? Where, where I grew up, it was a, a small city, as, as I mentioned, you know, my, 
my mom worked in um, in the services industry. My, my father worked at a factory. Um, so I, I kind of always had to push the, the boundaries of, of imagination. Uh, and I think the drive that I have had is is proving to um, to myself more than any anyone else is that everything was possible if you um, set your ambition high and worked uh, towards that goal. Um, I've recently listened to um, uh, to Sonali speak, uh, who I, I, I find very relatable in that aspect that she came from, from a small city in, in India and she called herself her own startup. And, and, and I very much relate to that sort of that, uh, the drive of, of coming from a challenging market, a very different story and kind of building building yourself and pushing yourself to, to the new heights. And, and frankly, I think what excites me the most about uh, my, my role and um, our fund today is that we are the fund where this is possible. I think a lot of the venture firms, um, unfortunately, haven't seen uh, that succession happen. Uh, and it, it just, you know, the, the nature, I guess, of the industry or, or the job. And I am uh, ecstatic that the, the firm that we are, uh, that we have built and that we continue to build is a firm where that progression from uh, a junior person to, to a more senior person is, is very much possible and that we operate in that culture of meritocracy and possibility. And I think when we partner with our entrepreneurs, uh, we also want them you know, to, to dream big and, and to dare and to continue pushing the boundaries of imagination. And so we want to be that firm um, and that, that partnership of like-mindedness is, is, is extremely important to us. Concept you mentioned of being your own startup, Evgeny, I've, I've never sort of framed it that way. How, how has that framing almost helped propel your career whilst whilst at dawn because as as a startup ultimately you're you're managing the people in the case of you it's literally yourself you are you are the founder of of your own destiny how, how have you been able to manage that um that's a very interesting question it, it's kind of um i guess set, setting a bar for yourself um that is high enough and realizing that um the ambition is is what drives you uh, drives you forward, and I think also being able to remain at every stage of your journey, uh, constantly curious, um, constantly asking questions, um, and being able to um, ask for uh, ask for help when when needed. Um, sometimes understand where your your gaps are and, and fill those gaps with either you know either team members or other things you know, one, one of the things that we um, really measure our our CEOs and, and founders on is is their ability to hire uh, to hire incredibly well in every single function as, as they continue to scale and so I think as an individual um, it's also about understanding okay well what are my spikes what are my fortes what it is that I'm incredibly good at that I can continue playing into into their strength but also where my potential gaps are and where can I uh, how can I fill them in either by, you know, bringing myself up to, to, to scratch in certain areas or perhaps hiring for, uh, for those gaps. And so I think that that's the combination of, you know, extreme self-awareness, desire to continue learning, uh, being curious and constantly pushing your, your level of ambition and, and, and questioning yourself. I think the world of venture is so tremendously exciting because every day there is 
a new opportunity, a new technology, a new business model. And you kind of have to continuously question yourself. And I think that really uh, is a wonderful force that can continue driving you forward. Yeah, amazing. I, I really like that, like that point. And I guess from that, I know one of your mantras, Evgenia, is you want to make your founders shine. I'd love to understand really what you mean by that and at least why it's important within venture capital. Yeah, um, I think the overall approach that um, we take as, as, as a fund and, and as a firm is that we are the most trusted partner to an entrepreneur we're not the person in the driving seat but we're the person that sits next to the founder that have seen enough that has driven enough on those roads to be able to say hey do you know what at that turn i would probably go left or at that junction i think going right might make sense and now is the time to push the, the foot on the paddle or perhaps you know caution this this is this is a turnus terrain um, time to maybe uh, take stock and slow down a little bit, and so you know in, in a in a weird way being a, a B two B software investor and Don is you know, is a specialist fund and only does B two B software, uh, it doesn't have that the glamour aspect of investing into the products that we can touch and that we can feel. Um, we are investing in not in the in the car but in the engine that runs the car and i think as a fund what we're excited about is that we are the discrete people behind the you know the companies that power uh financial services uh companies healthcare businesses retailers you know the, the sort of the invisible um uh, products that run a lot of the operations and and make people more more efficient and businesses more efficient. And so in a similar fashion, I think that's the same approach that we take to, to our founders. We want to be the first point of call. I certainly do, like, that's, that's definitely the KPI I hold myself to, um, but we never want to be necessarily the, pe the people in the, in the limelight. I think in the venture world, um, there is, uh, you know, a lot of perceived glamour, if you if you'd like, and you know, obviously we we, we try to be visible in the market. It, it is important for people to know how to reach us. We, we don't want to be completely in the shadows, but I think we're not the people that uh, that that want to be on the pedestal. We're the ones that want to support our entrepreneurs and and be sort of uh, people behind their back, effectively. And and that's just the general approach that we take to uh, to our relationships it is pattern recognition right as you mentioned giving those signals to founders to help shrink that learning curve and ultimately put them ahead um but i really like that analogy you mentioned of you know you're investing in the engine that runs the car rather than the car itself um i thought that's quite, quite a nice framing of getting yeah. um and i guess in terms of you know supporting entrepreneurs and having their back i know at dawn you very much have a collaborative culture why is collaboration important when venture investing and how does it let the best ideas win? No, that's absolutely. And, and thanks for asking that. I, I, I do pride ourselves on, on, on our internal culture. And this is something that uh, as we have grown and scaled with the firm that we're very keen to, to maintain. Um, I think it plays into m multiple aspects. I think number one is um, I do believe that venture is is an apprenticeship job 
I am incredibly lucky to work with with my partners uh, who have seen uh, many different uh, iterations of, of ventures as a product through their careers. Uh, I'm lucky to be um, surrounded uh, by operators within within our network uh, that we give to our entrepreneurs uh, to help them scale. And so um, being able to, to, to learn from them has, and, and being mentored by some of those people has been uh, absolutely phenomenal for me. And I very much hope that every person on the Dawn team uh, that, that works with, uh, with us and with myself also have that same opportunity um, to, to, to grow as an individual and, and have that apprenticeship um, path. And I think the second bit is um, the, the collaboration is really important because you know, ultimately our goal is to find the best entrepreneurs, back them on their journey and deliver extraordinary results for our own investors, our LPs. Um, and so to be able to do that, we need to, um, to, to, to find um, the, the, best, uh, the best opportunities and then to win them. And so I think um, the uniqueness of our culture being collaborative means that if we are behind an opportunity and if we're you know, tracking down uh, that tremendous company that we want to back, it is sort of one team, one dream, one team, one carry, if you'd like, right? And there is no, uh, for us, there is no, you know, um, your deal, my deal, it's uh, we're all together are the decision makers and all together we take the responsibility for the decisions um, that we've made. And so I think that really allows us to look past individual egos and support each other in finding and winning the best companies. And I think what maybe is even more important or just as equally as important is once we decide to invest in a business and once we're on the board of that business, it's also not as siloed. Um, we're not um, the kind of fund where if you were an entrepreneur, all you'd see is, is, is your um, the, the partner who's on your board, you know, four or six times a year, however often your boards happen. We've all up the sleeves. Uh, we're there in between the board meetings where the most important things happen. Uh, we're there if, if you need to talk, however late or early it is in the day. And by we, I genuinely mean we. Um, I, I, I know most of the CEOs um, in, in our uh, portfolio. I have interacted with them on a personal level and the same goes for, for other team members. So, you know, if, if we believe that for a specific challenge that an entrepreneur is facing or a great introduction that they really need, that if the other mem team member is, is more knowledgeable, is more valuable, there, there are absolutely no silos. Again, we're in, in it together. Um, we are thinking long term. And so uh, we make ourselves, all of us, available uh, to, to every founder that we're back. And I, and I think that also does make a big difference. No, I, I, I do like that. And with this daily interaction with such exceptional entrepreneurs at a personal level, I'm curious where that passion for data automation and cloud infrastructure ultimately stems from. Yeah, so those are <laughs> those are some of the areas that I'm I'm personally passionate about more in terms of the um, the themes uh, that uh, I as an investor uh, look after. Um, look, I, I think it, the reality of it is it, it goes back to finding things that are the operating system or uh, the system of record. 
uh, stuff that is um, the, the foundation of, of, of every business that, that is being built. It goes back to the, you know, the car and the, and the engine analogy for me. I'm personally a lot more excited about things that are um, either on the infrastructure side of life or that automate the way that humans work um, and interact with, with life is other areas that, that create a lot of excitement for me. I think that also interestingly, um, the areas that will find themselves to be the most, the most resilient. Uh, we are obviously uh, in um, potentially heading into a challenging macroeconomic environment. I think, I think there's a lot of um, uncertainty today. You know, we, is, is there a recession? Is there not? Is, is it going to be technical? What, what, what will the world look like in the next six, 12, 18 months? Um, and I think I, I feel quite privileged that the businesses we're back are a software businesses and even more privileged that I get to work with companies which are really creating, uh, you know, the must have categories, the categories that uh, any uh, business owner or any employee, any individual will continue needing uh, that combine um, a complexity of a problem that they solve with a degree of urgency which make it effectively a, a, a must-have uh, solution. You know, no one really wakes up and says, do you know what, let me, let me be a little bit less data-driven today. Or, hey, you know, I have uh, managed to make my teammates uh, productive and I've saved them five days um, a month because I've uh, you know, implemented this no-code tool that makes their job so much easier. Let me take that away from them, right? And so that, that stickiness um, of, of what effectively becomes various operating systems of how humans work and uh, create uh, is, is what I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, and at least to touch on a point you mentioned earlier about venture being an apprenticeship job, you know, you learn through doing, putting in the reps to pattern recognize new opportunities. With your position, Evgeny, I know you're a bit of a globetrotter from living in five plus countries and traveling to more than 55. How does this diverse exposure help you be open-minded when actually considering these new opportunities? Yeah, I, I think what we like to say at dawn is there is no geographic monopoly on talent. Um, and I think that statement, which has been a little bit of our mantra since the early days, has become even more true in the past few years when faced with pandemic. Um, we as humanity have learned how to work remotely and how to connect with each other from, from where various places in, in the world. Um, and so I think what that means is that as, as a fund, we will be looking for phenomenal businesses being created wherever those businesses are like across Europe. Um, we, we have certainly invested in, in companies that were um, created in, in, in a small village uh, and then have become global. Um, one of uh, or, or very small cities and, and, and have expanded across Europe and, and the US. If I think about 
a couple of um, certain later stage companies that we have been privileged to back. I'm on the board of the business called um, uh, Dataiku or Dataiku, as some, as some people call it. You know, that business started in Paris and today that business has a thousand employees uh, that spans the entire continent here and uh, with multiple offices in the U.S. that has presence in, in Singapore and Japan and Australia. And, and it's been a, a phenomenal business. It's been a privilege to, to, to watch them grow. Um, but, you know, if, if we if we haven't recognized that opportunity uh, when they were um, a business of, of, a, of, of a handful of people in, in, in Paris, uh, if we haven't had uh, that that um, open mindedness about what that can can become, uh, we, we could have missed uh, a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful opportunity like that. Geographic monopoly on talent. I really really love that love that sentence, Evgenia. Um, and you know, I, I'd I'd love to sort of move a little bit further and go look from these wide-ranging experiences that you've had, at least with relation to cultures and deals that you've done, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to someone now who really wants to ultimately make a career within VC? Um, that's a great question. So I think perhaps a, a more general piece of, piece of advice that I do wish um, I was told when I was younger, certainly, is um, not forgetting about what your spike or your strength is. I think um, we operate in in the performance culture, which is great, um, but uh, frequently a lot of the stuff that we get told as individuals, and, and I certainly remember that as I was starting my career, is, do you know what, here are you know the three areas of improvement. And I think that's fair, and I think it's fantastic to be able to, to know that about yourself, to have an extreme self-awareness. But I also think not forgetting what it is that you're really good at is just as equally important. Um, I remember um, when I was um, thinking about the world of venture for the first time, I realized that I equally cared about understanding how businesses work, being extremely analytical, figuring out what makes um, uh, a, a great business in, in the long run, right? Like what, what, are, what are the numbers, the, the levers, the processes behind it? But I'm also as equally interested in people and I, I have been internally curious and that has always been my spike. And so I think in venture that, you know, that, that spike is something that I have cherished and continued to work on and it has played out well. And I do wish someone very early in my career said that, you know, again, you know that one strength of yours. And as you work on things that you believe you need to work on, that never forget uh, that one thing that, that is important. So I think that's sort of more on a personal level. And then in terms of venture, I think for, for people trying to get in, into venture um, or, or thinking about uh, wanting to be part of, of tech in, in general, um, I would say act as if you already are in, in certain ways. Um, the easiest way to get to a new job or the easiest way to be promoted is, is often to act the part, right? So if, if you are thinking about ventures and you're meeting people, you perhaps could offer ideas of interesting startups that, that you have already encountered or uh, talk about the trends that, that you're really excited about that you think should be 
uh, invested behind with, with venture dollars, uh, building that network to show that this is something that you will be doing going forward. Um, so, you know, being, being what it is that you ultimately want to be and uh, acting the part, um, I, I think is, is the, the fastest hack to, to success. I'm a big believer in that in that last point, especially, you know, uh, at least with acting the part, just immersing yourself. You know, what what does it actually entail? What does the business adventure entail? And just immersing yourself with the people, the products and the individuals who ultimately are the face of change and and unlock that that opportunity, Evgenia. Um, I guess, you know, moving moving a little bit further onto this, um, I'm a big believer that there are fundamentally two currencies in VC. One is capital, the other is information. Do you feel the democratization of knowledge through the internet means that, look, individuals who aren't necessarily based in or around the tech hubs of the world, you know, San Francisco, London, New York, etc., can actually get fair access to opportunities in investing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do. Um, it, it goes back to um, to not having geographic monopoly on, on talent. I think what we have seen in, in, in COVID uh, is um, extreme ability to gain efficiency by um, communicating um, online. Uh, and so... It, I, I think that did create a certain democratization of, of access uh, of access to capital. I, I definitely do think that you know nothing quite replaces um, nothing quite replaces being face to face, and I, I am grateful that we can we can finally uh, finally be, be able to to do that. Uh, but uh, overall, I think there has been a, a mentality shift where people recognize. Um, the ability to build from from where you are, right? There, there's an interesting um, stat on on this sort of you know in the in the nineties it, it used to cost you about five million to start uh, a business. In the early two thousand, uh, that number dramatically decreased, and they used to be you know I need a five hundred k of capital um, to start something off. And you know what? Today you probably need like fifty k and some AWS credits or Azure or whatever cloud you. I don't want to be. <laughs> Uh, promote any cloud religions, whatever, whatever cloud you, you want to build on. <laughs> no um, agenda there, again, yeah. Exactly, exactly, no agenda. Uh, and so, um, you know, 50k plus cloud credits, you know, and off where you go, you know, you could start uh, start coding wherever you are. Uh, I think we, we've seen this in Europe, we're seeing this in the US, where um, although, you know, San Francisco remains extremely important uh, in, in as a tech hub, there are people now building in, in Seattle, in, in Austin, in, in Miami, across across the entire country. And I, and I think that's wonderful, right? I think we that means that access to talent is even more greater, and, and I'm truly excited about that. Yeah, with this you know, abundance of access to talent, to the right people, and to the right opportunities, I'd love to hear what excites you most about the world of startups and investing right now. I think what excites me the most about uh, the world of investing and, and, and startups now is we are entering a, a potentially challenging period from, from a macro perspective, from a global perspective. Um, and I think 
innovation thrives on uncertainty. And so if you think back to some of the um, crises that you know we, we have seen, the, the global financial crisis, you know, Airbnb was created then in, in 2008, Slack was created in 2009, um, our very own Calibra was, was, was uh, uh, created in 2009. And so it's an exciting time where I believe we will see a lot of that innovation, a lot of creativity, a lot of phenomenal durable businesses being built. And so I think for us, having committed capital to be able to unearth uh, some of those best opportunities for, for our investors to partner with uh, the founders who will be building iconic businesses in, in that time is, is, is truly very exciting. Mm, and I guess, you know, taking a little bit of a step back now, I'd, I'd love to hear what are some of the biggest takeaways from your upbringing, you know, coming all the way from, from Russia to then living in, um, in the likes of the US, France to, to where you are now, Evgenia. What are some of these big takeaways that you've brought across to the investing sphere? Yeah, I guess that, that, that you learn. Uh, and I think for me, it's... Um, recognizing what great looks like, whichever country you're, you're based in, um, not accepting um, the local maximum as as the ultimate goal, but truly uh, setting your your eyes for the, for the absolute um, absolute height. Um, I think that's true for for, for for every startup that we invest in and it's, it's the truth that I have learned from, from myself as a person um, and then having a, a degree of, of appreciation and sensitivity uh, to, to various cultures. Um, we are excited to, to back companies that want to become global leaders. Those come with, with their own challenges, right? It's not easy to build a company that spans continents. And so I think having that, that sort of empathy um, is, is, is important. And, and the last but not least is resilience. Um, that, that has been an underlying sort of thread for, for, for me. Um, I think that as, as VCs, we often talk about being long-term investors, about being there. And I think we will see that in, in the next you know, five to 10 years uh, as we face the world of, of uncertainty um, I'm excited that we as a firm will be able to show that, that we are there through the thick and the thin and, uh, and that we, we, are, we are the sort of the, uh, the long-term partners and that we have, uh, we have that resilience and that we will hopefully help our entrepreneurs to, to see through that as well. Yeah, those are some wonderful comments there, um, especially with respect to resilience. You know, um, it's the person who is most adaptable to change who ultimately survives and wins. And if you can just, you know, show up daily and, and, and be resilient to whatever, whatever hardship or, you know, hard time you, you might be going through, then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be sticking it out and you'll be, um, you know, fighting the good fight. So I could absolutely get behind that. Um, I guess, you know, pivoting slightly outside of the investing arena, Evgenia, look, when you think of success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? That is such a tough question. And I, um, it, it's a very hard one to, to, to answer for me because I, again, as, as someone who's constantly 
um, looking for a new challenge and intellectual curious that there's always a, a hero that, that you seem to be able to find. Um, if I think about the world of investing, I, I, I have to go back to, to, um, the basics of value investing and thinking about Warren Buffett is, is certainly being one of, um, one of the emblems of success for me. Um, I think ultimately what I, I like about investing is stripping out um, the, the, the hype or the rush of the deal or the buzz of it and really understanding the fundamentals of markets, the value chains that drive markets, the product and technology that create a durable mode or that create an unfair advantage. And in a way, I, I, I think um, someone like Buffett um, has had that approach to, to investing through through the years um, and, and ultimately picked the, the, the iconic companies um, that uh, that had those unfair advantages. And, and perhaps maybe more in the world of, of, of technology of, and then a similar trend of thinking about the fundamentals and the underlying trends. I am a big fan girl of Mary Meeker. Um, I, I think so. I, I dearly miss her internet trends report. Um, I, I, I hope that this is something that she continues to publish now that she's part, part of Bond. Um, and so I, uh, again, sort of have a huge amount of appreciation of having that foresight into the future. Uh, I think thinking about big fundamental shifts uh, that ultimately drive creation of, of best companies and then picking uh, picking the winner. Um, I, I think those those are the couple of people that um, spring to mind when I think about uh, success in investing. Two great examples there, Evgenia, which which I can definitely get behind. And I guess, look, finally, for, for the main part of this podcast, what does your perfect day look like? <laughs> that was not a question I was expecting. Um, <laughs> an active day, I think. Um, I, I, I thrive on, uh, on, on people, actually. I think at the end of the day, that's... Uh, the, the job uh, boils down to one, once you know once you've identified the mega trends, once you have thought about the sectors that that you're behind, it's ultimately finding the person that can take that challenge head on. And so for me, um, it's about uh, meeting a lot of great people throughout the day and learning learning their stories and, and connecting to them. Uh, and frankly, on the, on the people note, it's also hosting my friends. Uh, I. Uh, I have learned a skill or two in terms of cooking skills uh, in, in, in COVID and showcasing that to, to my friends and, and hosting them is, is definitely part of a perfect day. Absolutely. Friendships, good people, good memories, <laughs> good times. Um, really, really, really about that. Now, I do have a tradition on this podcast where at the end of the show, each guest answers a question that was left by the previous guest. So last week we had... Nikhil Basu Trivedi, co-founder and general partner at Footwork. Their question, Evgenia, is what was a really important decision you made in your childhood that at the time seemed like the most important decision of all time? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I guess at the time it was uh, maybe sort of as, as, a, as a teenager, it was around picking schools. Um, I, I get a kind of I come from a, um, I, I don't come from a privileged background. I come from, from a very, very modest background. 
And so, you know, I, based on the luck of the draw, ended up in, in a school that I ended up in. And the one thing that um, felt hugely important to me, and, and I'm actually very grateful for, to my mother who pushed me to, to do that, is, is pick a different school, um, a school that was a lot further away, that required travel across town, even, even though, you know, this is before cell phones were a thing. <laughs> um, and it was a school that uh, had a slightly different approach to teaching that had a great combination of sciences and humanities. And that most importantly was a school that focused on English uh, and uh, that really kind of broadened your horizon. And a lot of it was uh, learning how to speak languages very early um, and, and really doubling down on, on that. And so, you know, at the time it, it felt huge. And to this day, I actually think that was huge. And getting myself through, you know, extra exams, getting a scholarship, um, and then, you know, trotting across town uh, just to have, you know, 10 extra hours of English a week uh, was, was probably one of, one of the best decisions uh, at the time that I think really kind of set me on, on that path of, internationalization, becoming a, eventually a globetrotter, working in different countries and, and just thinking global from day one. Yeah, I think that was a super hard question. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked to answer that, but you gave such a, such a great answer there, Evgenia. Um, uh, really, really great. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's so formative to your future, right? Making that a little bit, well, making that extra effort to, you know, learn English, go that extra hour out of town and you know immerse yourself there um well clearly it's it's totally paid off here's the hoping <laughs> <laughs> amazing we, we have come to the end now of Genya, but i've had such a great time here it's been very raw very honest and thank you so much for joining me absolutely no thank you so much for uh for having me alex thank you for asking so many personal questions um, not not frequent that you get them on, on a podcast. I, I genuinely enjoyed it and uh, hope, hope that will be helpful to someone else. <laughs> <laughs>